you ladies, appreciate that much. If you grab your Bible, join me, if you will, in Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4, we'll actually turn to three passages. They're up here up uh, above me. If you do not have a Bible, we'd invite you to take what we call the Pew Bible there in front of you. And uh, the first passage is going to be found on page 697, page 697. And the title of this morning's message is Walking Worthy. And we'll see it from these passages. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1 is where we'll start. Then we'll turn quickly to Colossians chapter 1, that's page 701. Pew Bible in the First Thessalonians chapter number two, and that's page seven hundred three. And so we'll kind of be going back and forth among these. Delighted you are here today, and appreciate that song, that message and song, and uh, calling you and I to praise God because He certainly is wonderful, and we uh, strive to worship Him today. And in our worship and in our drawing close to Him by uh, being changed in the likeness of Jesus Christ, we exalt His glorious name. So that's our desire. But we're glad you're here. Let's go and delve in the message. Let's get into what God has for us. We're going to look at these three passages, and as we read them, we're going to see, as is the title of the message, a repeated instruction for us as God's children. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1, Paul writing, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Then we switch over, and, and obviously vocation, the, uh, the position that you hold, uh, we might think of it as the job, the responsibility, a position you hold within an organization. Now, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul writing the church at Colossae, he says this, Colossians 1, verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I find it interesting, verse number 9 in this passage, Paul says he's praying this towards this end for them. He also implies that it's part of the will of God for them that they would walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. We'll revisit each of these, so keep your spot in them. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse number 12. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. So he's speaking to several different groups of believers. Verse number 12, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Very much Paul is giving a fatherly charge here. I love it. In fact, verse 11 tells us that, doesn't it? As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. As a father doth his children, that ye should walk worthy of God. So I love the context there. He's saying, listen, this is a fatherly exhortation, a fatherly charge with compassion, with fervor, a father wanting the best for his children. He says, listen, I want you to walk worthy of God. God. It's an interesting repetition, isn't it? And I'm sure there's other instances in the Scripture, but these three, he says, walk worthy. We understand the terminology of walking means our lifestyle, how we live our lives, our thoughts, our actions, our reactions, our interactions, everything that composes or makes up my life. And what I do, where I go, what I think, how I act, how I speak, you name it, that's involved in the idea of walking. In our lifestyle, how we live our lives. Then we come to this terminology of worthy. Now, this is interesting. We'll use this as, uh, might we say, the, the thing that we come back, our compass for this morning's message. The term worthy is derived from a Greek word that has a very interesting root meaning. As we think of the terminology, it refers to the balancing of scales. 
balancing of scales. In fact, I've brought for just a simple illustration for us here, and into excuse the squeaking. I'll apologize for that. Um, that's just making sure you're awake, and I'm glad to see your eyeballs now. All right, it's a scale. That's the idea. The balancing of a scale, and forgive the cheap plastic thing, but this is the best I could do. Okay, so you think of a scale, and we understand how a scale works. We understand the the, the premise behind it, and literally that word "worthy." When it, it, it talks about it, axios or whatever it is how you pronounce it in the Greek, it, it, it literally means the balancing of the scale. In other words, that that we want it balanced. That whatever's here ought to correspond to what's here, so it keeps it level it keeps a balance in fact the term means and it became used frequently both uh, secularly in the greeks something that would naturally correspond to something else so it even out it would balance well paul is saying you and i walk worthy make sure it meets up in other words we would say this in our, our terminology my living should in turn my walk should correspond to the life that i have been given in jesus christ so we're looking at the scale of life and paul's saying okay as we uh, are understanding how our life works god has filled us with so much he's given us a vocation a position he's given us the lord jesus christ god himself has given us a relationship with him now you and i are called to walk worthy we're called to fill the other side of the scale in our walking so it's balanced so one naturally corresponds to the other. So as we read this term and we see it in each of these verses, and yea, this afternoon, boy, you, you go through the Scriptures in the New Testament, you find the other instances where the similar word is used. You'll, you'll see that this is the idea, the balancing, that this is going to naturally correspond to that. In other words, my life, I am to fill my life, my walking, my, my talking, my acting, my thinking, everything that is my life, I am to fill it up so that the side of the scale is balanced with what God has given me. And my friend, this morning, I want to challenge you from the Holy Spirit and from God's Word that you and I would wrap our spiritual minds around this truth and understand when God says walk worthy, there's a great call upon us. There's much to be had and understood concerning our life and how we live it to produce a life that corresponds to the very thing that Paul mentions. The first one we see here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. He makes a simple statement. Walk worthy of your vocation, your position, your uh, calling, we might put it this way. the, The book of Ephesians is a great book. Paul uses the first three chapters to speak of that position. He he describes all the blessings and all the promises, all the things that we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ and that relationship and that position in Christ that we have. And then after those first three chapters, he, he moves from a practical, or excuse me, a positional description to a practical description. So, so he goes from positional, first three chapters, to this now, and he says, listen, here's the practical expression of that position, of what your vocation, of the calling that you have in your life. Uh, he says, here's what's warranted. Here, here, here's uh, what ought to come out of your life uh, since you have such a lofty and glorious position in Christ with God. The best way, I think, to describe this position, and much could be said, we could study the first three chapters of Ephesians, but I would like to draw out a few other things um, from Scriptures to describe our position. The first would be this. It is a redeemed position. 
It's a redeemed position. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back, as we'll see the Scriptures even describe for us. I think this is a tremendous verse. I share it with you this morning because, boy, it just it moves my heart. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song. This is to Christ, singing to Christ, serenading God, Jesus Christ. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood and i love this description out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation man what a glorious verse isn't that wonderful what a grand reunion it describes that all around the world no matter what nation what tribe what group of people you come from the fact is this jesus christ died for all and all those who put their faith and trust in him my friend they are redeemed paul's saying listen your position is redeemed uh, it is a position to be walked worthy of. Uh, may I liken unto a fact of an organization, uh, as an organization, let's put it in human understanding, in human terms, an organization that hires you and you're, you're paid by them. Therefore, many of you, your work, your position that you hold out, out in the, the world, you're held to an obligation that's put upon you. For instance, for sake of illustration, let's just have some fun uh, this morning in a way. Uh, let, let's say after the service, you get it in your head, you have a notion, you know what, I'm going to go up to that wonderful, fantastic supermarket known as Wingert's. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to say, listen, I am looking for a job. I'm ready for a job. And my friend, you walk in there, the manager takes one look at you and they said, listen, that's going to be a prized employee. That person right there, they're from Fostori Baptist Church, so they're going to be a great asset to our company. They're going to do well by us. And boy, they look at you and they don't want to, they don't want to let you slip through the cracks. And they say, okay, we're going to hire you. We're going to, we're going to get you into this position. You're going to start tomorrow morning. And we're going to have you work. And immediately they come and say, listen, here's this. And they hand you a wonderful uniform. And on that uniform, you know what it says? Surprise, wingerts. It says wingerts. I know you're surprised. Okay, it says wingerts. Why? Because now you're representative of wingerts. You're an employee. Well, here's the reality. You're like, this is fantastic. I walk in here. I got my job. I start tomorrow o'clock at 8 a.m. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. They're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Come back here. Uh, yeah, what is it? Well, sit down a second. We have some rules and some regulations we need to go over with you. We want to explain your job description. You're like, wait a second. Isn't it enough that I told you I'm, I'm willing to work for you? You got to follow your rules. You got a job description for me? Well, yes, look right there. It says wingers. And you're now working for us. And if we're going to pay you, there are some regulations, there's some rules that you have to follow. You have to abide by them. In fact, you're going to do what we tell you to do. You're going to make our aims, our goals, our, our objectives, your aims, and your objectives, and your goals. May I submit to you this morning, now listen very carefully, this is the way that human society works. In fact, it doesn't work without it. Whether it be a job, a workplace, whether it be a school, whether it be a sports team, athletic team, or even the laws of this country. Uh, some of you have this wonderful little thing called a driver's license. What, what do you have to do if you have a driver's license? You have to abide by the rules, in the, or you're supposed to, the rules and the laws and regulations of the state of Michigan. That's where they give you a license. You've got to abide by it. You've got to follow it. There's obligations there. And guess what? If you go over the speed limit too many times, if you hit too many cars, they're going to do what? Take it away. You're going to take it away. There's an obligation there. My friend, I want to tell you this morning, it is throughout all of life, there are corresponding obligations. 
Okay? But there's a huge difference here, and I get it, and I hope you understand it. God in heaven never gave you and I salvation and said, okay, now you've got to earn it. You can't earn salvation. He doesn't say, oh, you've got to pay this back. No, no, he never says that because you cannot pay it back. You could try for all of eternity and it still would not be enough. But he does give us a call. He does, as we've termed it in recent, or excuse me, not recent, past messages, there is a duty placed upon us. There is a reasonable service, a logical response. That's what Paul presents to you and I. And there's a greater difference here, and I think it bears us uh, bearing out or bringing to the surface. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, do you realize Paul is speaking to the past tense? He says, listen, you've already have, this is your position. You're saved, you're redeemed, you're, you, you are already enjoying some of these blessings. You're always already in possession of the wonderful privileges that accompany your glorious position. You have been redeemed. As you sit here today, you are a citizen of heaven, and you are saved. Now, friend, my, your name's written down in the book of life, and the fact is, you are, it is a done deal. You say, I'm, well, I'm not in heaven yet. That's correct. It hasn't reached its full culmination, but based upon God's Word and the promise of God Himself, can I tell you, it's a guaranteed thing. You, you can take it to the bank. Okay? So it's a done deal, and that's how Paul writes it. Here, wouldn't this be amazing? Let's say in that, that interview up at Wingert's, okay, you listen to the rules and regulations, you listen to your job description, and you say, okay, all right, well, I need to go. And they say, well, wait a second, we got one more thing for you. Here, sit down a second. And you sit down, and they start bringing out, and, and they bring out this large amount of, of, of stack of, of money. In fact, it's large bills, and they just pile it in front of you. And you're like, what in the world is this? Wingert's, have you been holding out on us? Where did all this money come from? What is all this? And, and boy, they just pile it up and it's sitting there in front of you. are like, man, what in the world? And you're, you're just astounded. You're like, uh, what is all this? And they like, listen, this is, this is 10 years worth of the earnings that, you're, that you are going to earn for 10 years worth of work. You're going to work here 10 years. We expect that. And so here, we're going to go ahead and give you this money now. Now, how many of you would show up tomorrow morning? But anyway, don't answer that. Here, here it is now. You take it. It's, it's 10 years worth of money and earnings. You, you just take it now. Now, I'll tell you, could, could a business last in America like that? No way. But may I tell you right now, your God in heaven is not about a business. He's about family. And the good graciousness of your God, I want to tell you, it seems ludicrous. But our God has given us so much, as we like to describe it, with no strings attached. That's unfathomable. That's, that's ludicrous from a human perspective. But your God is not about business. He's all about family. He, he, he isn't about you working to pay off your debt. He isn't about you working in such a way to earn this redemption. Those things cannot be accomplished, as we said a moment ago, with all the time of eternity. No, he simply is about doing for you and me what we could not do for ourselves. He, he has redeemed us from sin and death and hell. And he's redeemed us to God and made us citizens of heaven. And then in turn, now don't miss it, he says, walk worthy. Walk 
worthy of the position you've been given. And all throughout the Scripture, He wants you and I to do it out of love. Loyalty. Faith. It moves me to say, wow, God has filled this up. Now I want to walk worthy. Worthy. The balancing of the scales. Literally a challenge to you and I to live to balance the scale. You know, Paul says this, we understand this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, and he's reasoning, he says, listen, here's, here, here's reasonable, here, here's how you balance. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are, are God's. Paul has done a good job explaining throughout his letters exactly how this walking worthy of our calling, our vocation, our position as believers, as children of God, he has defined it well. He says, listen, you've been bought, therefore glorify God. He goes on, notice it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ hath anointed us in God. And I love that statement, in Christ. Literally, you know what he's saying He's saying this, not only are you redeemed, but you're in the family. You're in the family. And my friend, may I say this morning, to be in the family, that's a good place to be. To be in the family of God, that is a good place to be. To walk worthy is to do the name good. To honor it. To not bring it reproach. To, to, to reflect well upon it. I've told you before, you know, there, there are times that in, in training and rearing our children, we say, listen, Henry's don't do that. You need to reflect well. You know, don't bring reproach upon our name and bring honor. Don't bring reproach. Henry's don't do that. We're not going to do that. We don't want, don't, uh, don't sully the name Henry. Don't do that. So here's a basic evaluation question for you and I as believers. It's as simple as this. Is what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking about, is it bringing reproach upon my family or is it bringing honor to my family? Not your earthly family, but to your heavenly family. You are part of the family of God. So if I'm going to walk worthy of my vocation, my position in the family, my responsibilities, everything that I have in Christ and in God, the fact is, he challenges, are you walking worthy? You're part of the family. Are you reflecting well? Has it ever been said of you? As sometimes we heard it said, well, if that is what a Christian is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Granted, that's said often unfairly with wrong motives behind the evaluation, but my friend, God forbid that it's ever said that of you and I. Because of how we talk to somebody. How we react to somebody. <laughs> what we do and, and how we conduct ourselves and how we live our lives. Paul further goes on to explain it. We understand this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's no greater way to walk worthy of our calling and position than to demonstrate a changed life. You want to walk worthy of your vocation? Show people that you're different because of Jesus Christ. We're studying the disciples, the apostles in our Sunday school, adult Sunday school classes. Can I tell you, one of the encouraging things that comes out of that study is to find out how many of these apostles and disciples, all of them, changed mightily because of the impact of Jesus Christ in their lives. The work that God did in our lives, it is a great showing, it's a great proof, a demonstration, a walking worthy of the vocation that God has called us. It is a life lived unto God now. 
He says, you're a new creature. You have a new name. You are a Christian, a member of the family, a child of God. You are to be different. Let's say this, okay? Let's say tomorrow morning you go to work at uh, Wingert's and you show up and you're starting to work and you're working down an aisle and so forth. And uh, as you're working this first day, Pastor Tony shows up. And uh, he's just carrying on conversation when you're shooting the breeze. And, and uh, Pastor Henry's wondering why Pastor Tony's not at work. But anyway, uh, he's there at Wingert's, okay, in the morning. And he's doing something. And, and he's just talking with you. And then that conversation comes to a close. And he says, hey, hey, could you do this? Could you tell me what aisle diapers are on? Because we all know Brother Tony's in that stage of life right now. Amen. With Nolan. Okay, some of us feel like we've been there for decades. But anyway, uh, okay, so he's in that stage. Where are the diapers? And you look at him, you're like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. What'd you just ask me? Um, where are the diapers? What do I look like? Your guide? Am I in the encyclopedia for wingers? Why don't you go find him yourself, Tony? Why should I help you? I got my own things to do. Look at all these things that I have. And boy, you just kind of go off on, on Pastor Tony. Poor Pastor Tony. You're just, you're just rude. You're mean. And, and boy, you're just talking to him like someone in the flesh. Hey, you're the one here for divers, not me. You go find him. Well, unbeknownst to you, your manager is standing at the end of the aisle. She comes up to you and goes, what just happened? Oh, that, that crazy Pastor Tony from Fostoria. You know, that's where I go. Um, he, he, he asked me where the diapers were located. And I, I, I told him, it's, it's, it's his problem. He needs to find them. She's like, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. You see that right there? That says wingers. You're not just representing you now. You're representing us. You're speaking for us now. You're reacting for us now. You're acting for us. You, you, you represent us. And by the way, you're fired. That's probably what's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's logistically, I mean, reasonably misrepresentative. Can I just challenge you, believer, that your responsibility now as a child of God is to reflect well upon your God. The lady saying of it, he's a wonderful God. And Paul is encouraging you and I, hey, what you do, what you say, what you think, how you react, ought to reflect well upon your God. We are called to be light shining well for him, not just through sharing the gospel, but with our everyday words, our everyday thoughts, our everyday reactions, and our everyday interactions. I would submit to you that that is walking worthy. That I am doing what corresponds well. That I am living in such a way that corresponds well to everything that God has given me, particularly here, that position, that calling, that vocation. Every day, what you do, what you say, what you think is loading up this side of the scale. So here's the question. Is it balancing? Is it corresponding? Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have been called. 
But Paul gave us more, didn't he? Colossians chapter 1, look at it again with me. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, he says this, that ye might walk worthy, not of just the vocation, the calling, but that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, Paul gets personal. I like this because position kind of dealt with justified position, that you stand redeemed. And yes, you're part of the family. There's some relational there, but he really gets personal here. In the first part, he goes from positional to practical. Here he goes, may we put it before you, he goes from uh, personal to practical. He goes from positional to practical in the first one. Now it's personal to practical. It's really all about that relationship with Jesus Christ. Think of it in terms of this. In the beginning, Jesus Christ was there. He acted as creator of all things, including you and I. So in a sense, there was a distant relationship, uh, but nonetheless, there was a relationship. He as our creator. So there's there's a relationship, but it's distant. We are the creation. He is the creator. Well, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, and don't miss this, Jesus Christ became the Savior of the world. From creator to Savior. Now listen, it's still a distant relationship until I make it personal by putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Apply it to my account as we've studied in Romans. So we see the progression of this relationship. And and when that's the case, when I put my faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, who died for my sins, not his, who died for so I can escape hell and gain heaven based on his righteousness, when I do that, then he gladly becomes my personal Savior. And then this relationship is to progress even more. Really, it's this, with that close and personal relationship begun in salvation, Every day is lived in the growing realization that I am not my own, that I have been bought with a price, as we discussed a moment ago. But here's what Paul then later ties to this truth. He says, listen, you've been bought with a price, and and yet now it's personal with Jesus Christ. There's a personal relationship that, that now is to be dealt with in this walking worthy. He writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also, and notice what he says, that he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price, be not ye servants of men. Well, let me ask you this, and very obvious answer. What does a servant have? Well, a servant has a Lord. Servant has a Lord. One to whom he is loyal and faithful and obedient. So Paul says, listen, walk worthy of the Lord. Now, walk worthy of your vocation, the calling, the position you have with God through Christ as a believer. And now he says, you need to walk worthy of the Lord. And you know what's neat? He explains in the verse what that looks like. He encapsulates what this means with these three phrases we find from here in Colossians chapter 1. He says this, if you're going to walk worthy, you need to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Pleasing to the Lord. Then he says this, live a life in which is going to be fruitful for your Lord. It's going to produce fruit for the Lord. One of the great truths of the Old Testament concerning Joseph was this. When he went into Potiphar's house, how did Potiphar's house do? 
He was the lead servant. Potiphar's house flourished. God blessed him because of Joseph. My friend, can I tell you this morning, the reality is this. You and I are abound to fruit for God. We're to abide in him so we can produce fruit. And my friend, when we do that, we are walking worthy of who? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bear fruit. Live a life that is pleasing, good in his sight. If you've ever had a job, if you've ever worked in some capacity, the fact is this. You wanted to know the heart and mind of your boss, your manager. You want to do what pleases them because you either want to raise or you want their, their favor. You, you want to move up. Whatever the case may be, you're going to know what your manager, your boss desires, what will please them. Now, my friend, you're not, you don't have to earn God's love. You don't have to earn anything from God. But the reality is this. He's done so much for you and I. Jesus Christ has given his life for us. Ought we not to please him? He does so much for us that no earthly person could ever do. Choose to please him. And you know what? How good our God is? How wonderful is the lady saying? Our God then in turn says this. As you're obedient, as you do that, I am going to bless you. Both here today and in the life to come. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. You see, it's pleasing God. It's bearing fruit to God. And I love this. What did he say in the end of Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 here? He says this. Live a life that is growing in knowledge of your Lord. Getting to know his mind and heart. Searching to know him better, to grow in that knowledge. Literally, you make the focus of your life these things, and you say, I'm going to let these thoughts impact my decisions, my choices, my actions, my thoughts, my words. And we live a life, and as we do that, we'll live a life that can be described as walking worthy of your Lord. But here's what's neat about it. Because you say, wow, that's. I, I ought to do those things. You know, I, I ought to worry about what pleases God, and I ought to live a life that it brings fruit to Him and to His glory, and I ought to live a life that is growing in knowledge. You know what's neat? Jesus Christ Himself demonstrated all these things in His submission to God the Father while He was here on earth. In fact, can I put it three ways? What does that require of us? Well, first of all, it requires that we humble ourselves. We choose no longer to please myself but I choose to please him and deny my own flesh. Jesus Christ prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Not what pleases me. It's about what pleases him. And it takes a humility that honestly escapes us sometimes. A humility in daily living. Like, man, I, I want to give that guy a piece of my mind. I want to retaliate with words. And I want to respond that way. And, and I had to bring every thought into captivity. I just like to let that thought run through my mind and my head. No, no, no. I'm not going to please me. I'm going to deny myself and please him. Humility. Secondly, you know what else Christ demonstrated for us? Submission. And that very same statement, it is a challenge that, that he submitted to the will of God. The fact is this, you and I can choose, it's the idea of us choosing no longer to live by our will and our wishes, but rather choosing to submit wholly and entirely to the will of my Lord, the Lord of my life. And then, you know what Jesus Christ was? You know, you know what it took to go to the cross of Calvary? It took being a devoted servant. Man, he was devoted to the mission. He was devoted to the goal. He was committed and devoted. 
It causes us and moves us, requires us to choose no longer to serve anything or anyone else, but rather choose to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One has rightly made this statement. They've said this, Christian service is the result of Christian devotion. Christian service, being a servant for Christ, is the result of Christian devotion. The service we gladly offer to our Lord is merely the outpouring. This balancing of the scale, this walking worthy, is merely an outpouring of a devoted and grateful heart. See, the one side of the scale in our lives as the recipients of Christ's sacrifice on the cross and all of its benefits. and uh, It's wonderfully, if you look at the scale in our life, there is Jesus Christ. There is our Lord and Savior. We had no relationship with Him. We were no connection whatsoever. And now today, you and I can look at Jesus Christ and He isn't just some historical figure. Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior. So everything's changed. Paul says, listen now, friend, walk worthy. Be humble. Be submissive. Be a servant that that is concerned and devoted to your master. I put it this way before you. What are you putting on the other side? If he's the Lord and Savior of your life, are you pouring in your own will? Are you pouring in your own decisions and your own direction, your own guidance, and and those things that your flesh, and I'll tell you, my friend, if you're pouring that into your life, this balance or this scale is not balanced. You're not walking worthy. But, my friend, if you commit to living a life that is pleasing to your Lord, if you commit to living a life that is fruitful for your Lord, if you commit to living a life on a daily basis, making decisions to do so, that is growing in knowledge of your Lord on a daily basis, um, then in turn, you you say, I know in order to do that, I, I have to be that humble, that submissive, that devoted servant. My friend, you do that, and you'll find the skill in your life. You'll find Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10 that, the Holy Spirit has enabled you to walk worthy to the pleasing of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I ask you this morning, what does your scale say? If God revealed your life in a scale much like this, and He said, look, I, I've given you a vocation, I, I've given you a calling, a position, how have you done? He says, listen, I have made you join heirs with Christ. He is your Lord and Savior. He, he has done so much for you. We're... What have you done? Then last but not least, we return to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he adds something else. And I think to me, this is the most powerful one. He says this, if you'll turn with me there again, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And we look again at verse number 12. That ye would walk. Here's that fatherly charge. Here, Here is Paul speaking with fervency and compassion, wanting the best for his children. He says uh, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and his glory. Now, the first point, he went from positional to practical. Then point number two is about a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so he went from personal to practical. Now he goes what we might describe as parental to practical. Here's your heavenly Father. Here's God. God is your Father. He is your Creator. He is your Sustainer. He is your Provider. He is your Protector. He is your Confidant. He is the Receiver of your prayers. He is your constant help. He is your Hiding Place. He is your Father. 
And what does Paul say? Well, he's the giver of good things, isn't he? He has welcomed you into his family. He has welcomed you into his glory. And he has welcomed you into his kingdom. That is your God. That's where you stand today. And, and, and this relationship, and, and may I bear this out? This is, friend, sometimes in religion or in, in denominations, there's such a standing off view of God. And, and, and does he really care? Does he really know what's going on in my life? My friend, uh, if I could convince you of anything this morning, our relationship, it is this, our relationship with God goes well beyond all the good gifts that he gives us, the great workings in our lives on, on our behalf, his workings, your father delights in you. Your heavenly father delights in you. There are some in this room, you've never experienced having even an earthly father delight in you. If testimony could be given this morning, uh, your father growing up, and maybe you had multiple, or maybe you didn't have one, or the fact is this, nothing you did would ever please him. Nothing would satisfy him. Nothing would make him happy. Isn't it good to be able to say this morning that you have a heavenly Father that delights in you? I love this verse, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 12. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. What that verse implies is confirmed by many other verses in the Scripture, is that God in heaven delights in those he loves, his children. So would you listen up? As I bring this message to a close, and I promise I'll land the plane very soon. But listen very carefully. Would you get this? Would you understand this? When Paul says, walk worthy of your God, your heavenly Father, he wants us to be reminded of this truth. Christian, right now, this moment, in heaven above, you have the God of the universe, the creator of all, who knows each one of us by name, who knows your heart and my heart intimately. He knows the number of hairs on your head and mine. He watches over us. He cares for us. He answers our prayer. He routinely, consistently, kindly dispenses grace and strength in our time of need. And at the same time, He desires to delight in you and me. You and I are mere creations among millions of creations. You and I were stained with sin and iniquity. We have nothing to offer. There's no worth, no value to us for any investment on his part. He is not going to get any good returns on what he has given us. But do you realize that the God of all creation delights in you? He delights in me. Now, my friend, if anything humbles us, it ought to be that. He delights in us. And yet we have nothing to offer in return. There he is. A father like no other, and you and I get to call him ours. You see, to walk worthy of God is to see God, my Father, on this side of the scale, and then to ensure what we are putting in on this side of the scale through our words and our actions and our thoughts as his child is balancing that. That it corresponds to such a wonderful and loving Father. May I, may I say this? Do you want to know today if you are practically walking worthy of God? Well, you can ask the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ promised that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. 
And so he'll reveal that to us today. If in this invitation to follow, you say, okay, God, am I walking worthy? Am I walking worthy of the vocation? Am I walking worthy of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Am I walking worthy of you, God? The Holy Spirit will reveal it. But I want to give you one other practical truth and a way, maybe, how you and I can know for sure. Am I walking worthy of God? Solomon, actually, the wisest man, recorded it for us, and he shared it in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 26. He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. You see, that statement, he that wasteth his father, is referring to the substance, referring to all that a father gives. I find it interesting, note it, we as Christians have a new life in Christ full of promise, the promise of eternity in heaven. We have a life with, which offers us day-to-day everything we need to live soberly and godly and righteously in this present world. And we have a life that has the potential to do great things for God. But here's the question. You want to know if you're walking worthy of God? Are you wasting it? That life full of potential. That life that God said, I've given you everything that pertains unto life so that you can live godly and righteously and soberly in this present world. Are you wasting it? Because here's what I also know. A God that can be delighted is a God that can be grieved. A God that can be delighted in you and I can be grieved by what we do. A human father. There are many indifferent human fathers. Fathers, hey, I don't care what you do. Just leave me alone. I don't care how you live your life. Just don't involve me. Just don't bother me. But you show me a father who delights in his children and is involved. My friend, that father can also be grieved. And Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 21 and verse 25. The father of a fool. What does a fool do? He wastes his substance. The father of the fool hath no joy. A foolish son is a grief to his father. How about it, Christian? You walking worthy? You've been given a new life in Christ, a great position. You have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you have God Almighty to call upon, who's given us so much. Are you walking worthy? Are you walking worthy of that vocation, that calling, that position? Are you walking worthy of your Lord? Are you walking worthy of your God? Is the life you now live, I love what Paul said, the life I now live, I live in Christ. Not my power, not my strength, not my glory, it's for His. Can you say that? How are the balances of your life this morning? Father, we thank you so very much for your word. We thank you for the challenge from these three passages. And Father, the, the truth that Paul brings to the light. Lord, I pray now in this invitation that you would quiet our hearts before you. May we be honest. May we be open. May our hearts be revealed to not only the Holy Spirit, but may you reveal our own hearts to us. May we honestly consider these truths. May we honestly allow your Holy Spirit and your word to show us whether or not we are truly walking worthy. Father, I pray that as you know every heart, that even in this moment you are convicting us. Help us to own up to our failures. 
Help us to beg for forgiveness. And Father, help us to repent of ways that we are living unto ourselves and not unto our Lord. Father, I ask that we would be reminded this morning that as we've seen already, that we are bought with a price. And Lord, as we observe the scales of our life and our hearts are disappointed, we are embarrassed, we are shamed because we have brought reproach upon you. We have wasted the very life that you have given us to live in a way that corresponds to your goodness. And as we confess it, Father, I pray that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, the power of your Holy Spirit now to go out and walk worthy. May there be many in prayer in this next few moments, Father. May each one of us cry out to you and desire and express our desire to walk worthy of each of these things. May we beg you for the strength and the grace to do so the guidance of your Holy Spirit. May we walk in the Spirit this week. May we walk worthy of all that you have given us. Heads bowed and eyes closed.